Something like Wout Van Aert opens up his sprint after Christophe Laporte drops him off. Van Aert pushing for the line. Pass Pettis, remember, here comes Jakobsen. Fabio Jakobsen. Sorry, something like that, wasn't it? Getting really late. Jakobsen takes the victory. What a sprint, David Miller. I, I now know that probably Patrick Lefebvre made the right decision. Yeah, it was reasonably vindicated there, Pete, wouldn't you have said? <laughs> Fabio Jakobsen? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was um it was a pretty amazing sprint. It was one of the most hectic Tour de France sprints I've seen in a long time. Yeah, it was chaos. Chaos. It was chaos. We had to wait quite a long time for the chaos to ensue though today, didn't we? After the standard Pierre Hollande double up attack with Cyril Bat. Oh, they all double up, the old tag team. That was good. Yep. Um, unfortunately, it was bad. <laughs> they took Magnus Court with them. Yeah. 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 Terrible mistake. Terrible. Great moustache. Terrible mistake. Fabulous moustache. And your amazing statistic that you unearthed that he is 29. And that blew my mind Which that he's 29 when I looked that up. and extremely surprised. Why, you he's feel your... like he's older? Yep. Yeah. Don't you feel like he's older? Uh, yeah, actually, now you say it, yeah. Yeah, because he's been winning races since quite a young age. Came onto the pro scene, the world tour scene, and just was winning races. Yeah. I've um, never seen him as animated as he was on the road today when he clinched that final King of the Mountains. Never. Happy. Happy he Magnus. Was the fans happiness. loved it. I felt like he had his mates on the side of the road there. The well, he, he did. It was he a, did. a nation of mates. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, because yeah. he's quite, he's dead serious, really, isn't he, Magnus yeah. Court? He was, yeah. he just, he was loving well, it. Well, I'm not sure he's serious, actually. I think he's got a great sense of humour, but he's got that real that's Danish, that's Scandinavian. That Danish deadpan thing going on, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, it's just like, um, Camelosa. Camelosa. <laughs> Camelosa. <laughs> <laughs> we just watched, we've just watched. Go on, tell t- what the video is. I, I, I'll, I'll, put, it I'll put, it, put it in the show notes. It's um, I, it must be from another Scandinavian country. I think it's from Norwegian television. Yeah, NRK, maybe. I think it's Norwegian. Oh, was it taking the? Yeah. It seems like quite an old comedy sketch. Yeah, of three people. There are two people. people kind of claiming that they nobody <laughs> understands their language. But they're Danish people explaining in English with Danish subtitles to a, a kind of unseen. Um, and I think the subtitles are nonsensical, just literally to add to it. I don't or, know, or because Norwegian, Danish is, we don't know. Uh, Danish is, yeah, it might be Norwegian. One of them does sound slightly Scouse. Did you get <laughs> that? Scouse Danish. Yeah. <laughs> That's clever. But the shtick is that they're all complaining that Danish has become an incomprehensible, uh, chaotic uh, language that no one understands what they're saying or what anyone else is saying. And even between themselves. Even between themselves. So they walk in and they're just failing to... It's just... It's impossible to explain, actually, isn't it? <laughs> it's so good. It's but there's genius. one word in it called camelosa, which is central to the confusion. <laughs> and it, all and starts, like, it happens in a bike shop. It all like starts that. with him puncturing a tyre. Yeah. And he's got to go and find a, a spare tube or a puncture repair kit. But you know what? That's actually how I feel when I go into bike shops, to buy a, uh, a replacement yeah. part, because I simply don't understand what is compatible with what else. That's why yeah. I go to bike shops. But it really annoys me about so long bikes. I had no idea what tubeless was. I still, still to this day, Pete, I have my bikes have tubeless tyres on them, and I have to take, they always go down, mm. and I always have to take it to the bike shop to get fixed, so I refuse to learn how to do it. Because <laughs> it just seems nonsensical. Disc brakes and tubeless tyres just oh, crack me. Ruined it, haven't they? What ruined mean, it. What do you mean you didn't know what they were? I just don't didn't understand the concept of what they, when people would say, oh, are they tubs, clinches. Is this wheel is this wheel tubeless? I'd be like, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> you tell me. No, because we were used to tubular tires. Tubular and clinches, simple. Uh, a good tube. example today was Taddy Pogacar in the final kilometre 
that's jumping to the end, but we'll get back to the beginning. Yeah. He was rolling into the finish with double punctured tyres. Double puncture. You couldn't do Without that. Without a care in the world you, as well. Ah, he was just, just It wouldn't have surprised me if he had a double puncture. And was still winning. And was in, in the race, and then the crash happened. And he that's got how good he is. But he already had a double puncture. He was just, you know, fighting just, for position. But he was on tubeless, so... Yeah, and he just, like, just carried on. Just yeah, rode into the finish the last two Ks on his double punctures. But you can do that on tubeless because they're glued to the rim. That was the whole point of tubeless tyres, is because the tyre never ends up touching the rim. And doesn't roll off, so you can ride for longer. So this is the point of tu- of tubular tires. It meant that you could ride for longer once it's punctured and allow your your service car to get up to you. Whereas if you have clinchers, you're immediately on the rim and you have to stop immediately, which means the peloton gets further away. And by the time your car gets up so to you, regular tires are clinchers. Clinchers yeah, with an inner tube. Yeah, with it with an inner tube. Yeah, yeah, that's what we're riding on our Bromptons at the moment. Yes, clinchers. Yeah, yes, okay. exactly. What are tubs? Tubs, so they're tubular tires. So they're so literally tubular, so just shorthand for tubular tires. Yes, yeah, so they're stitched up. They've they're basically integral in a tube and yeah. outer put together, sewn together, yeah. and then glued onto the rim. So one, they don't roll off. One piece. One piece, and they're glued onto the the actual wheel itself. Okay. So they can't roll off. So well, they do roll this off. This is where it gets complicated. What is a tubeless? Um, so it's, it has to have a special rim, which has a sort of a, a catch on it. A so catch, that, yeah. That's yeah, it. so the, the tyre itself has a, a catch. Then you put a liquid inside it. Then you pump the pressure up so high that that catch in the tyre catches the rim mm-hmm. and it locks in. And then if it punctures, the sealant inside Blocks fixes it. the wheel. And does it come with um, fixes a valve? The tire. Or do you screw the valve into the wheel? You screw the valve into the wheel. It's Got a separate it. part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, you have to kind of keep the the internal liquid quite fresh. So what I've experienced so far at Trinity, because we're using tubeless, is, okay, yeah, if you puncture, it's great, you can still ride. However, they seem to, and they ride, by the way, this is a big difference as well, it's low, uh, um, a real low pressure. So they're riding five bar, David. Ooh, yeah. Five and a half bar, which is but, so but- low. And then also, but then they puncture. Yeah. Way more, so I don't know. But there, yeah, there we have it. We've just. But you can also do five bar if you've got bigger tires in the yeah. sense you've got like yeah, they're running twenty eights, thirty, thirties, thirties now. Okay, which is so huge. you've got more bounce. Wow, this yeah. isn't doing much for our no ratings. But the no, race, but some people might be interested in it. You never know. Well, I think I'm interested. Hands up in it. if you were literally when you're listening. Are you listening to this podcast? Hands up if you're interested in it. Okay. Nice. Good to see a few That's of you. Are. Not. <laughs> no, it went on a bit long. I was a bit interested in the enough. Okay. That a little bit, but it, it winds. It does wind me up about bike shop. Bike components are so fiddly and difficult to understand. Bikes are beautiful machines. They're quite. I mean, they're so. Well, on the one hand, they're incredibly simple. On the other hand, they're very complicated, aren't they? There's a lot going on. There's a hell of a lot going on. Simplicity is complicated. Yeah, it's complicated to achieve. Mm. <clears throat> anyway, Magnus Court. Yeah, deadpan sense of humour. Um, but a, a, a yeah, well, he's king of the mountains, isn't he, Magnus Court? Yeah, as you were in two thousand and seven. I was in exactly the same circumstances. Set of circumstances. Where yeah, I was in the home country, which will people will say, "Well, you're not Scottish. You're not Scottish. You're not English. Not British." I had a go at you once on the podcast, and they're saying, "You did, Scottish, yeah. are you?" And really? I went, and I went quite. Yeah, you put me away. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> in London, start and uh, we had the prologue on the first day. What was it? Two thousand and seven, and um. I had a disappointing performance and the next day on the way to the start, I thought, oh, I want to do something. I, and it goes back to Chris Boardman. My first Tour de France I'd ever seen was Brighton 1992. Oh, yeah. And I got to the barriers super early and mm. uh, <laughs> watched the whole day or didn't. So no screens, there's no mo- mobile devices. So you sit there for five or six hours waiting for the race to come. 
caravan comes through, all these different things. A break came through, and then Chris Boardman came through, and we all went wild. And I was like, oh, it's amazing, British Riders off the front. And I always remembered that because I thought it was so important. So on that Canterbury stage, I, I went on a mission and ended up getting the, the climber's jersey. Going, sorry, going back to the Chris Boardman. Oh, you can't tell that story without telling me oh, no, at the end. Oh, no, this is the best. Which this is, is Chris, this, this is so good. Chris um, uh, attacked the, 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 what he thought was the front group. Mm-hmm. And um, they let him go. And he rode to victory and he celebrated mm-hmm. victory that, <laughs> without, without realising that a group had gone off the front already. So <laughs> Classic he was, Chris. He was actually sprinting for fourth or something like that, fourth, wasn't he? Yeah. I think. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so Magnus yeah. Court today, I can understand his motivation because when we watched the images today, yeah. the crowds were Yorkshire-like. They were, uh, dare I say it, more. I thought they eclipsed Yorkshire. Yeah, I think they I did. I don't think they did. Well, uh. it, it was amazing. I yeah, mean, it did, you did way. have a sense that there wasn't anyone left at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's but, what it felt like. And there was also royalty at the start line. Yeah. Prince, oh. uh, the Crown Prince Frederick, who, um, according to your <laughs> Danish friend, my Danish friend now, Mikkel, Mm-hmm. Is a good egg. Oh. Yeah. He approves of Crown Prince Frederick, who is the heir to the throne. Um, it's Queen Margareta, isn't it, who is uh, 82 years of age. She's on the throne mm-hmm. in Denmark. She was, she ascended to the throne in the early 1970s. Can't remember exactly when. Mm-hmm. And, um, she's, yeah, she's, she's 82 and he's, he's going to take over at some point soon. But apparently he, I think Mikkel said he sends his kids to the local, state-funded school, and they all travel to school in one of those funny little cargo bikes. Man of the people. Yeah, so it's man of the people. Man I don't people. recall talking about the country that the Tour de France has started in, in so much depth, ever, which says it all, really, doesn't it? About Denmark. It, it, it does, and it also yeah. says a lot about the power of the Tour de France, and how it is important that it goes to different places, because we kind of forget about that. There was a little bit of a... I was speaking to Mikkel before, our Danish friend, and he was saying... Uh, that there was a lot of kind of why are they bringing it here, and then it comes here. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Right. And it explodes because yeah. it is does what it does. Apart from the traffic jam we're in at the moment, yeah, does what it does. We're stuck in a traffic jam and will be for a long time. Yeah. Just on yeah. The, the tangentially attached to that that sort of phenomenon of the foreign grand départ, I was um, recently. I think it's airing at the moment on ITV4. Actually, There's, I think they're showing it a few times. I've made a. A one-hour documentary about the history, the evolution of um, the Irish sort of success story in road racing, and one of the stories that actually didn't make the cut that we don't tell <laughs> for sort of obvious reasons in the documentary relates to Stephen Roach and the Grand Depot in Dublin in 1998. Oh, you told me the story, yeah. And um, Roach had obviously already retired, but had you know he is the along with Kelly the iconic sort of national hero, and he'd been hired by uh, Dublin to um, be the ambassador for the Grand Depart. And all he had to do, Stephen, because at that point in his life, he was firmly living in the south of France, wasn't he? Mm, <laughs> Relatively yeah. rarely came back to Ireland at all. But he's paid an absolute wedge of money to be nice about Ireland. And he, ca- he came back on the eve of the tour and they'd lined up a whole load of major interviews, television interviews and press and all that sort of thing. And he told, I think, the Irish Times, who asked him, um, what do you feel about Dublin now? It's been a while since you've been away. When you come back, what do you feel about it? And he goes... He said, well, it just, just reinforces my delight that I got the kids and the family out to get them away from all the crime and the drug addiction. Mm. <laughs> and that was the headline. One on the job, day, Stephen. On the day, he literally had one job, and that was to say, I love Dublin, I love Ireland, isn't this wonderful? Uh, well, you're definitely more Scottish than he is. Um, <laughs> we, had a moment, <laughs> we, we had a moment this morning, which was a revelation for us, wasn't it, Stephen? Uh, Steve, 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 Steve,
You're like Stephen, can you? Ah, Stephen Roach. We're sorry, just a little bit of sound there from the sat nav telling us. We, I mean, we're just in a monstrous traffic jam at the moment, aren't we? Trying to get out of the yeah. war. And often what happens at the Tour de France when you've got your Tour de France stickers in the car, you, you can kind of do things that <laughs> normally you're, you're. Should we admit to this? Well, we will after this story. Okay. Is we so the, sorry? The first, your what happened this morning? We planned the exit. We did an exit plan in the sense we parked the car on the edge of town, uh, and planned the journey out so we could ride our Bromptons, uh, get to the car, and then jump out. And uh, we got there. We parked in this little, just a little car park next to a football pitch, wasn't it, Pete? Yeah. And there were some people playing football. And as we were parking, I said, "Oh, Pete, this is perfect timing. They're putting a red and white ribbon up." blocking the car park off yep and as we were getting out unfolding our bromptons these two lovely kind of what <laughs> early 20s mm-hmm. kind of guys came up and said oh guys you're gonna have to move your car this is just a residential car park we're moving ours and uh, we're moving ours you should move yours and pete and i just looked at each other and said no nah, we're leaving it here i actually said oh i live here oh uh, yeah <laughs> my apartment's just over there and we thought that was su- that was such a british thing to do because the danish have such respect for authority and kind of the rules yeah, that and you. So, but we this, didn't even realise over this respect. We didn't even realise what we were doing was wrong. That was just that's just embedded in in our, us and our culture and our yeah. upbringing. That well, yeah, we'll just we're, we're parking here. We don't care. I yes, um, no, but hang on. I don't think that. I think that's a bike race thing. Yes, more than a yeah, British thing. I think it's maybe. just Tour de France. Actually, I didn't think now, about that. I mean, this is uh, you know, without wanting to say it's a hard job because I, people would. We'd love to do what we're doing. Quite I found lightly. it pretty hard. It is Naturally, I don't like talking. I have to do it all day. <laughs> but the driving bit and the parking and the logistics is tiresome. And I do, you do Yeah, become, that's the bit I enjoy. You do become... <laughs> <laughs> you do become quite intolerant. But And I think... Um, and we pulled just before what normally happens in France. If you've got Tour de France sticks in your car, you can go around traffic jams. And everyone lets you do it. And we just did it now. Yeah, the people first... understand that in France, don't they? Yeah. Generally, by and large, they get. Yeah. Oh, these guys are working on the tour. They got to do this every day. Let them go day. by because it's normally just one direction traffic. Yeah, and didn't, didn't work in the Danish countryside no, just now, did it? David? Got pulled off over immediately, and a guy got out of the car in no, a but, in a Tour de France. No, you, you can explain this way better. I mean, you went to cut back into the traffic that we were in. Yeah, and within. A split second, this car pulled in front and just so you couldn't get around him, even opened his door yeah. mm. to block you. Sure then you he get, jumps out of the car, yeah. raging, absolutely raging. Yeah, he was. He Probably was lost it, hadn't he? Yeah, fully lost yeah. it. Um, yeah. What's the deal with these churches, Ned? I don't know. They're kind of like the Danish gables that are very, very elegant, very steep, steeply. Can you describe rooms. it, Ned, to our listeners? Well, I was just literally doing that. Well, very no, steep. gables are too complicated. I gables? Think. Is it? The gables are the bits that, that front face off the, where the roof is. That, it that, looks like a Lego kind of stepped kind of, up. It's zigzagged yeah, the, the, t- towards the top of the house. Mm. That's the front house church. But yeah. it's unusual architecture, isn't it? I've not seen it anywhere else other than in, no, I in Denmark. Either. So the churches don't tend to have spires and bell towers in that conventional sense. So no, just they have these very steeply pitched terracotta roofs and glorified, white painted. Glorified farmhouses. Yeah, in a way. There's something yeah. very rustic about them. Very yeah. elegant. Quite nice. They are. They're beautiful. Yeah. Um, back to the race. Back to the race. So Magnus Court picked up the King of the Mountains jersey, and I'm, I, I'm, I'll be quite interested to see whether he has a go at that jersey. He you can know, for quite a while, I think. A proper go. Actually, you know what? He probably could take it a very long that's way. What I'm, that's what I was wondering, whether he's yeah. actually good enough to, to win it. On pro cycling stats, he's got sprinter as his kind of top 
quality and then not far off at Climber. Well, that stagey one, Matt was talking about in the commentary, wasn't that stagey one at the mm. Tour de France in 2018? He got over the Pic du Nord in the Massif Central with Mollema and Izegui. I remember that stage. And then pumped them in the sprint. Was it, yeah, yeah. There's a plateau, wasn't Boiling there? hot that day, wasn't it? Oh. Just for the rest day in Carcassonne. El Scorchio. Yeah. 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 So when that was Boardman, good. that evening, Boardman announced that he was leaving the tour, uh, the ITV Tour de France team. Uh, that was right. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember? They didn't come back well, the We kind of make speeches and all that sort of thing. Well, Obviously, that, that's when that's what enabled us to get Pete Kenyuk on board. Uh, so that's exactly why Pete's And my here retirement. And, yeah. Nice. Well. And your retirement. <laughs> that was a, that played a part in it as well. <laughs> my own scheduled you retirement. <laughs> <laughs> your sudden retirement. I didn't even know I was going to retire. I was like, oh, what do I do now? And Caroline, Carolyn rang me. Yep. Um, who is basically to this podcast. probably listens to this podcast she and our boss. Yeah. Uh, and she was like, Oh, ho- I hope I'm not contacting you too soon. I had just gone away to like a yoga retreat hotel in Portugal whilst I announced my retirement because I thought it'd be a good idea not to be at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this all yeah. sounds absolutely mental right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, it was on the way home and she rang me and she was like, Oh, I hope I'm not calling too soon. Um, with everything that's going on. Yep. Uh, and yeah, I jumped at it. Uh, had you considered working in television before? I hadn't considered that? anything there. Not for a sec, not for I a didn't sec. even know I was retiring, remember? Yeah, no, true. But, uh, it probably hadn't passed your mind that, that this would be like a, I, a I thing quite to liked do and, and... doing stuff on camera. Did you? And even now, I much prefer the camera stuff compared to the commentary stuff. I don't know why. Okay. It feels much more natural when there's a camera there. Right. Where when I just, I'm, because and also I think it comes back to the fact that when I watch bike racing, I really like to do it yeah. with no one talking, and I really I watch it at home, and I just like it to be peace and quiet, and I just like to take it all in and absorb it, and I don't think it necessarily comes natural for me to c- comment on it. But the camera <laughs> stuff, I've always felt more natural. So yeah, here I am doing something that's very unnatural, which is commentating on the Tour de France and doing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Quite like, I love the podcast though. It's the highlight of my day. Yeah. Good. Good. And anyway, so that break fell apart, didn't it? The quickly. B&B, very quickly. The B and B hotels riders just got dropped. Through, well, they threw in the towel because Magnus Corp was there. Yeah. They, it was it a great plan. It was a great plan, but then they went, Oh, hang on. How do we Yeah, that's not gonna work. What was really interesting, the Peloton immediately started riding. Like with less they didn't I was surprised by that. Yeah. It wasn't a threat. Two minutes. They gave yeah. they got two minutes up the road and they went, Right, we're riding now. Yeah. And they stuck Michelone Leon for on the front for Quick Step Alpha Vinyl and Andreas Krohn as well from Lotto Sudal and all the Danish riders were sent to the front for the three uh, sprinters teams, primary primary sprinters teams. Um, yeah, and then it was then it was yeah it was a bit it was unfortunate, wasn't it? Really, because it was really quite windy today, but the wind just blew in the wrong direction, and we but were just I, waiting I, for something. I, to I read happen. something yesterday that always blows in that direction. Sorry, I'm getting that slightly interfery, crackly thing from okay, the telephone. That's fine. We'll sacrifice our journey to the hotel. Yeah, <laughs> for the podcast. Yeah, um, yeah. I was quite surprised because that the bridge is renowned for having that. I think it's a northeasterly wind, or is it a south? It's what? one, one always one direction, the same direction. The, the one we had today. Yes, southwest. So, southwest, so the yeah. opposite to northeast. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. I I actually thought because I was looking at the map today, I thought Are we you were got on the opposite wrong way. You came here this morning. You went look at this. Yeah, I uh, genuinely cross tailwind. I I, th- I thought we'd tailwind. gone right. I thought we'd gone east and not west last night. Yeah, well that bodes well for our transfer now, doesn't it? <laughs> also, back to the race. Uh, we actually were kind of talking about the race, but yeah. in terms of when I was listening to your commentary today, 
and you pointed out about Ineos always being on the left and more and Jumbo Visma on the right but more Ineos and I can also you know talk about this because I rode for them when they were Sky yeah uh, and I was actually talking about it just before you mentioned it with um, Daniel Freeb. yeah and I was literally saying we always were on the left. Why? For an unknown reason. Unknown. And then okay. David said it's like habitual and it, it's the only answer I can think of. But that just that is just where we naturally always went. So that's not me just making that up. It's no, something, honestly, something yeah. I've observed that yeah. it does seem they do seem to have it always the left. Habit. And I think, do you know why I think it is? Because it's predominantly has been British riders who, who set the tone, or and they the ride on the left hand side of the road, maybe. <laughs> so you're always, and then also, you, I I feel like for me. My right hand shoulder is the more natural one to look over, which is where you look when you're huh. in the on the left. You know, actually, that's where it feels oh, more yeah. unnatural to guard your left and have to look over your left. Where it's just really you're almost. Yeah. My God, Pete, that's, that's a, actually really, really interesting and really clever. And, yeah, yeah, and, and probably exactly. And now, well, it's probably so, done subconsciously. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. And Jumbo Visma do they they like riding on the right, don't they? Notice yeah, that a lot. Yeah, very good, very good. That was proper analysis that was. That was proper analysis. Uh, then they got to the. Bridge, That's what I'm they? supposed to do, is it? Then they got to the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, insight. Then they got to the bridge, and uh, and 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 then everyone got crashy, didn't they? Yeah. Then the stress crashes. Stress crashes. Yeah, stre- yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. stress crashes because that was there was no reason to crash there. In the sense, it's the one of the widest roads I've ever seen in the final 30, 25 kilometres of a Tour de France. They were only using half of it as well. Oh, yeah. Just a pure accident, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, just cross stress, wheels. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just trying to get up. Um, get up. <laughs> <laughs> just move off. Yeah. I made a boo-boo in commentary because I was talking about, we saw an incident with FDJ. Yeah, well, we both, heated. Mis- we both misread the number on the back. It was quite a distant, blurry shot and... Um, we saw, well, what happened to be Stefan Kung. We now know Stefan Kung of Groupama FDJ. Uh, we got the, the rider who he assaulted, uh, correct, Ruben Guerrero, if assault is probably too strong a word, really. But well, hit um, him two or three times in the back of the helmet. Well, he pushed twice. him once, I think, didn't he? Was it more than uh, once? Maybe just once, once just like, just really to give that kind of ruffled yeah. push your head. Yeah, yeah, it was weird though. It was a weird one. It was a weird one. Yeah, it, it was wasn't... cycling fight. Yeah, it was. It's kind of it, it's like handbags I, at dawn. I think it, it, the only reason you'll get away with it because it just it didn't look that aggressive, did it? No, it was a. It was like, it, what are you doing? It was a, Let me shake it, it, it Pushed to the back of your head, yeah. but yeah, and then so then that sent a whole narrative off because I was absolutely convinced it was go do, and I was like, oh, this is why that's what happens when you're leader, <laughs> and this is what happens in commentary. Sometimes you can just set these narratives off, yeah. And uh, then that narrative just keeps going on. <laughs> <laughs> so poor Godu, who's actually probably incredibly relaxed. <laughs> yeah. But then for the no, rest of the race, I was like, he's so tense because he just got in a fight. <laughs> and it wasn't him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't At him. least he didn't have a tongue twitch like I did. Yeah. Mm. And what was interesting... Yeah, tell us about the tongue twitch, Pete. What was tongue twitch? He, that was when he was commentating with me. And I, so, I did notice that your sentence got a bit broken. but I, Yeah, and then... <laughs> I think it happens when I'm... Like overly tired, which is bad because it's only day two. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, it's it's almost the only way I can explain it is, which is not ideal when you're commentating, is <laughs> when your tongue almost. Cr- and I don't know if any listener has experienced this. When your tongue almost cramps, so it locks. <laughs> so your tongue locks, and you you 
literally, literally can't speak until it uncramps, and then it, I'm like there, like going, uh, uh, and I'm like trying to get it to loosen up, and then then it's fine, but it's really random, and it just comes out of nowhere. You were talking about Steve Cummings at the time yeah. in commentary, weren't you? And you actually and, I, and I've got the words in my head about to, sp- and I'm trying to say them, and but it's it's like a cramp in my tongue. But the funny thing was that it, what happened to your sentence? It just kind of dried up and withered on the vine. It just it just kind of like yeah. I, Pete, I, I couldn't figure out why. I'm, you looked at me like dead in the eye, as if do you need help or yeah, do you like, want me was, to pick up the sentence? I, and I was like, well, I, thought, I do, but I don't. <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that your tongue was cramping. <laughs> I thought you just lost, you know, lost any sense of purpose with the yeah, sentence. No, no. And the irony there was that when I used to, you know, rather than commentate, I used to do the interviews. I used to find Steve-O, who I know very well now, Steve Cummings, who you were talking about at the time, mm. I used to find him really difficult to interview because he would, maybe he suffered from tongue cramping. Because <laughs> Steve of would often do. like, you know, you'd ask him a question, he'd set off going, so well, the thing is that it's not like that. <laughs> or, um, you know, well, the plan is to go and then the thing. Well, you know, Ned. And he just pull up really, really short with sentences, like he, like his tongue had suddenly cramped. So maybe I need to ask him. About that. That's just Steve, isn't it? <laughs> but have you? He's a bit like that. It is Steve. He's quite. He can be quite. He can be incredibly articulate and can do great accents. But then suddenly he won't engage with the subject, or just, it'll just kind of. A, just lets you just blank it or or yeah, yeah like you say he'll, he'll pull the, like the answer or conversation short and kind of do that weird like laughing yeah yeah he does do that <laughs> doesn't he you need to incorporate that into your Steve Cummings oh, impersonation yeah. which I think needs to get another airing oh, that was a highlight I spoke to my mum this morning she said she was listening to it last night oh, has it? she said yeah, she was really? just laying in bed just laughing yeah just, oh, I'll save that one up then for a yeah. couple of days time. Well, no, maybe day, like yeah. once a week yeah. Once a week would be good. Um, so we're speaking to Daniel Freeb afterwards. That's traffic, traffic, and I'm and I'm yeah. greatly uh, proud of the fact that Bissaker was tires yesterday, uh, which you called, didn't you? I did. I said so, I thought it was tire pressure. So but. context: if you missed the individual time trial, Stefan Bissaker, time trial specialist in the rain in Copenhagen, was the only rider who really for whom it all went horribly wrong horribly and he wrong. slapped down twice didn't he yeah and you were wondering what, what's going on and you, your speculation proved to be correct I said tyre pressure but evidently uh, apparently apparently he was, he was riding brand new tyres that had not been raced on before or he hadn't raced on before yeah and he went out all guns blazing because he thought they were the best tyres in the world and well crashed that, yeah, I mean, isn't, that is one of those things you just don't do, didn't you? you use yeah. un, untried equipment in a race. I mean, that, that, in the it, rain. Mm. In the rain. But you make yeah. mistakes. I've made those mistakes. Where you get given the sponsor tells you these are the best things we test them. These are prototypes, and if you get given prototypes of pro cyclists, that's super rare because we normally get stuff that is you could buy in a shop. Like we never get cool stuff, do we, Pete? No, never. And so, if the, if a sponsor decides, Dear listener, to, they're both pulling sad faces now. Yeah, we never got, we never got. Good I got stuff. some cool chapter three shorts actually. I got oh. some cool chapter three shorts. Oh yeah, you both did. Yeah, tell yeah. us about the products you gave us, David. They did are you, really you good. Yeah. Commercial, commercial. So we we made last year when we were doing our first range. Quite excited about these. Yeah, they're, so I mountain bike quite a bit as well, and I used to always wear my bib shorts and then put kind of baggy board shorts, like surf shorts, over the top. Because I figure with mountain biking, it's a bit stop-starty and it doesn't look very cool. And I don't feel right wearing Lycra when I go mountain biking. So we yeah. designed these liner shorts, which are these really lightweight, kind of basically cycling shorts without bibs. 
and then made these kind of outer shorts, basically kind of surf shorts that are super technical based off a pair of billabong shorts that I loved. And so you guys have those now. They're like my pride and joy, but no one really seemed to get them because they're a bit weird for our, my road cycling crew. But you guys are going to test them over the next few weeks and on, see what you think of On them. the Brompton, maybe on the Florence de Belfi. Oh, yeah. Which is coming up soon, isn't it? Towards that the end of this is. week. It is. Mm. This, week, yeah. this week coming. Ran up that last time we were, we were here. Hey, we were there. Yeah, we were talking about that, weren't we? What were we going to do? Pete, yo. somebody asked me today for a favour to ask of you. Oh. And I think he might be asking me to put in touch with you about coaching for his son. Oh, well, that's brilliant. Yeah. You could send him over to surpass.cc. That's very well done, guys. Yeah. That yeah. was very well done. But, um, yeah, if if it's a friend of a friend, obviously, um, you can pass on my number, David. Thanks, Pete. What's the yeah. tagline I'd love to offer my coach yesterday? Um, delivering results delivering worldwide. Delivering results worldwide. Yeah. yeah. That's what surpass.cc does. Yeah. And I can't wait for your show in uh, Richmond that I'm going to hear. <laughs> this is just... We've got to find a better way of being commercial <laughs> this than this. I'm, ba- I'm blushing. No, because you are, because you hate being commercial. Yeah, but there's being commercial. you're an artist. Like, yeah. We're just, just slipping it in mid-pod. handed it over to one another like that. You know, just about, the short, Tell us about the short and the show. And the, so okay, like, back to the racing. All right, back to the racing. Uh, no, by the way, uh, Newcastle is the one I'm really looking forward to. Is it? Yeah. Why? Of, uh, we're going to the Tyne Theatre. Did you have a great Tyne event Theater. there when you lasted it? Then? I've uh, s- kind of sold out, come close to selling out in Whitley Bay on a Monday night twice, which ah. is quite away from Newcastle City Centre. So we figured, well, if people are prepared to come to Whitley Bay on a cold Monday night, who predominantly live in the city of Newcastle, then let's get a city centre venue and treat them. And I think I've got a nice Friday night or a Saturday night in the Tyne Theatre in Newcastle. I reckon for such a... amazing. I reckon for such a London boy, yeah. you actually excel in the north yeah that's rare events. actually isn't it yeah, the sense yeah. of humour everything yeah. goes down well yeah, up north as well down south it's true because but then the shows are quite fun because the, especially in Yorkshire you can you can poke the hornet's nest a little bit yeah. Yeah. so and then and then you can be a little bit cheeky about Yorkshire in Yorkshire and then when you get to Lancashire you can be just downright rude about Yorkshire in Lancashire <laughs> war, war, war of the roses but it is a bit um, I do think cycling in the UK is has, still has its heartland in the north. Oh, quite, quite clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though, you know, you probably find some of the biggest cycling clubs in the south and probably, you know, pound for pound, literally there's a kind of more commercial spend factor going on in the Surrey Did, Hills and all that sort of thing. So I think, sorry, Pete, go. Sorry. Did you know that seven out of the last ten national champions have come from the north? And not only the north, no, not come from, sorry, um, or have <laughs> residents in the Isle of Man seven uh, really? Swift me and Cav seven in the last ten years well Ben Swift accounts for about six of those seven doesn't he Cause no f- no yeah yeah three because yeah. it was three years but still so, it's quite a good fact this actually this brings up really a really good, good point that I was about to bring up Isle of Man is a whole weird thing and world. I was about to say this yeah. is that in the north cycling is cultural in that it's kind of passed down through families it's kind of has its thing it's it's embedded and in the south, it's quite a recent development. It's quite a... It's mm, the whole yeah, mammal outside movement. of a few very small pockets. Mm. You know, very small. The, and, I, the, and that's where I started, High Wycombe CC. Yeah. So I did start there, and it's, it's, it's amazing. That's a deeply in, kind of cultural Yeah, but you're quite movement. a good example, aren't you? Because your, your family wasn't steeped in cycling. You were, the, you were the first person to discover it in your family. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. uh, But I found a club in the south. That, there is that, a home there. Yeah. yeah. But in the north, it's very much... It's families. 
than yeah. any cycling. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's, yeah, and it gets passed yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is changing a little bit in London because of the antics, you know, VCL, Velo Club Londra, and the string of great riders that they're just chucking out there. I really. You see, Matthew Bostock was from the Allemann as well in the Nationals in the league group. He's with, with he's Cuff. a nice bloke. Well, he's just, yeah, he's so really he's nice. been picked for the Commonwealth Games, hasn't he? For yeah, the, but the he just team. like talk about the Nationals. He just, I don't know what results he's got up until now, but yeah. In he, the was in group, that, he, he was in that league group with Mark Cavendish and, and he was crashed. Second, yeah he was second in the national it would have been quite interesting to see how he would have gone in, this, in that sprint against Cavendish only done he'd have won it but <laughs> let's be honest it would have been tricky but he was um, yeah he was, he was right there yeah. he won the um, crit championship he won it yeah oh right yeah he's the, crit, yeah. He's the national right. crit champion so, so where, where are we in today's race um, someone's just crashed um, on the bridge Lampart has crashed Oh yeah, on the bridge. I was, do, I yeah, Lampard's yeah. down the yellow jersey, and that is that Merku. Vlasov has been held up, and then what was strange? Well, not strange. No one was, was really badly hurt in that. Crash, no, which was quite, it, like, yeah, a, a good, good thing. Good, yeah, a good thing. Obviously. Nobody was badly hurt in the crash today. No, nice, which was great. Some pretty heavy slap. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then he job bungles. Job bungles uh, as they came off the bridge on yeah. the right-hand turn, but oh, yeah. on, on the bridge crash, um, the brash, the brash, um, <laughs> old old yellow jersey Eve was just kind of left on his. Merku was with him. Yeah, that Merku was, just headed off. That was an interesting passage because Merku right. had to get back. Yeah. because Killing Eve, Eve. Lam- yeah, it was just like you just. <laughs> Take a bow, <laughs> Peter Kenya. You win the podcast. That was we should have good. an award in each that episode. Was actually, very for the best good. comment. I think Pete would win it every bloody he time. Would. I know, no. Our audience would claim as that's very killing Eve. Yeah, he was basically killed Eve. He was just there, left on his own, the yellow jersey, and he then fought his way back up, and then got Merku, and then dragged Merku back on. <laughs> it was epic, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed. Yeah. Rewinding a bit, I enjoyed when um, Vlasov punctured or needed a yeah he punctured didn't he got a wheel change and P- Pollitt had been oh yeah that was good Pollitt had been sent back to ride him back uh, to the bunch and you said oh but he doesn't want to stop he needs to carry on oh, well, let me ask Pete so Pete you might not have seen this is so Vlasov team leader for um, Bora Hansgrohe their GC young guy yeah, but Pete knows who Alexander Vlasov is oh you're telling the listeners well that's who's listening to this isn't it because we're talking yeah, to but Pete other. was also listening so Okay, good. But listening and yeah. Yes. Um yeah. and he stopped and then literally Pete, twenty meters further down the road, funny, actually. Pollock's just stopped and waited unclipped and just waited oh for him. Oh my god. Yeah. See? <laughs> so when were you how old were you when you taught So no, we should explain actually. So the thing that Pollock yeah. did wrong was stopping. Yeah. Don't stop. Because then what happened was Vlasov got a wheel change. <laughs> flew past him. I flew past him. <laughs> Didn't even see it and I knew that. Polly had to clip in and got full on oh. sprints to get up. And Vlasov had to look around and go, well, I've got to wait now for yeah. Polly. And he did. Yeah, he could he have eased oh, off yeah. a bit so Pollock could get back on. on the radio. It was, it was really funny. What was funny about it was David just called it yeah. as it was about to happen and then it unfolded <laughs> with kind of comic, comic consequences yeah. exactly as you could. I, I mean, feel like that's quite a German thing to do though, isn't it? It's loyalty. I mean, it's like, it's, it's I'm stopping d- and I'm here for you, but they, they overplay it almost. It's like, yeah. they probably had his arms crossed like, I'm... I'm I'm waiting for you, Vlasov. You know what I mean? It like, was a bit like that. Like, yeah. I, I am so committed to you that I've character. actually unclipped and stopped. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you don't do that. Yeah. So you were taught that. that at a very you early just, age. You don't even get taught it. You just you just something figure you just it out. Figure you do it, it once, you just learn. or you just see it happen and go, "Why are you doing that?" But you you never even think to do it. No, it's nonsensical to stop. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, they fixed it. So that was interesting. It's like Christian Knees used to go back for bottles on 
like first category first category mountains you know yeah. because because I don't know if it's a German thing again but it's like <laughs> it made no sense but he was doing it because he was that loyal and he wanted to he was prove himself Sorry, that was like, go back go yeah. back for bottles on Alp do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, <I see. laughs> it made no sense <laughs> but he's like who wants a bottle you know it's like right I'm going back made no sense anyway oh. but yeah mm. and then there was the and then it, it, people from Germany Marcel. listening I, lo- I love Germans but <laughs> we, <laughs> they, saw, uh, we saw Marcel Kittel on the, uh, um, after the race yeah he was really close to us actually yeah what you mean, friends or just? What do you mean? No, in, um, by the set at the end. Oh, was he? Oh, was he? Yeah, doing his thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did a piece to, with him um, so at Brulaire, actually. Yeah. I'm going to be working on the Deutschland tour again. I'm going out there. To Tell you what, you have some jobs, don't you? I have some jobs. Yeah. How many have you got? <laughs> Not many. <laughs> Not as many as you, anyway. <laughs> who you did anyway, the Deutschland tour for? Uh, World Feed Commentary. So ah, working, okay. working for ASO, who own the race. But it's such a funny race because it's only four days long. Yeah, I did it once actually. Did you? Bora, but was it longer team. when you did it? Because it kind of vanished and came back again, didn't it? And no, I don't I feel like days? it was, yeah. It was short, four or five days. But um, it's so funny because it, it is, it's, we touched on it briefly, the Deutschland Tour has never really kind of lifted off. No, it's, it hasn't. Four days long and it's struggling to Wait until you get there, Ned, something. you'll just see so many people on clip and waiting for the team leader <laughs> and going back for bottles on climb. <laughs> it's, it's insane. <laughs> But the funny thing is that ex-German pro, so Fabian Wegmann, who's a... Wegmann. Is he the organiser? He's the organiser. Oh, he's he's a lovely, lovely, lovely he is, isn't he? He's lovely. Former teammate of David's. Um, yeah, even he, as the race organiser, I said, I'm coming, and he, he just kind of went, oh. Instead of, oh, great, it'd be great to see you on the race, he went, oh, well, so, you know, almost like, sorry, apologising <laughs> yeah. for the race, you know, only being... Yeah, we've seen him today, actually, didn't we? Outside yeah. The and Marcel Kittel as well, I said, see, I'll see you at the Deutschland Tour. He goes, oh, that. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's, everyone's got such a downer on their own oh, sport know, in Germany. It's sad. very strange. Yeah, and you know Marcel Kittel. I don't know why we've got on a real digression here, but <laughs> I've had breakfast with him in hotels in a couple of times. And Did he look at you? Absolute no. Well, yeah. Were you in the same? I table tell you what, you have breakfast I, no, with totally so some decent right, people. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm having. Bre- no, so I'm properly having breakfast with Marcel okay. Kittel. Here. But the point is, I'm the only person in the breakfast room who's uh. recognised him, who knows him. Oh right, uh. I thought you meant in the whole room. Yeah, that would no be awkward. One, no one. <laughs> I was like, don't. I'm not here, Marcel. I'm not here. I'm the only one in the room. But don't see me. Don't see me because I hate talking at breakfast. <laughs> so hard work. Uh, like yeah. what do you have to talk about at breakfast like, like how that. did you sleep here alright yeah, yeah this, is, this is a little bit like me on the Norwe- deserted Norwegian island with John Taven <laughs> my favourite story <laughs> that story can we refresh can we refresh <laughs> that story well I would go on it's, it's a new I part isn't to, it I went to commentator <laughs> on the Arctic race of Norway in 2016 on my own and for some bizarre reason I have no idea why the organisation asked us a few a couple of riders and me to come to a, a military airport on the eve of the race where we took off in a helicopter and we were dropped off on a deserted Norwegian island in a fjord. Me, John Day. Also, I just want to put a caveat in here because, Ned, you speak perfect German and you, perfect you're, German. you're quite Germanic. Yeah. And obviously, whenever you see somebody German, you just like, you're on them like white on well, rice. I, just, I feel very good at home. And, um, and John Dagenkopf. Yeah, so there we were anyway. And... Um, we were dropped off and Ryan Tademy who was the other rider oh, there because he was the defending champion he'd won it the previous year the Estonian the Estonian and um, <laughs> no interest in you yeah. and, and then the helicopter took off again to go and get some other people and we were left on this deserted, tiny deserted island <laughs> for like an hour and I thought this is it's a nice opportunity to get to know John 
been so blanked in all my life. No. It was so obvious. Oh. The shutters just came down. He didn't want to engage. He didn't want to talk. No, no eye contact. Do you know I raced uh, the Youth Olympic Criterium against John Zevenkot? I bet he's nice to you. And I tried to get on the wheel that he was on, and he like elbowed me really hard. Really? And I was only so I'm small now. Imagine how small I was when I was like 15. Smaller. I was like, gosh, he's so aggressive. But he did win some big races. He's quite yeah. punchy, right? He's yeah. in this. He's, he's in here. This he's in this So that was relatable. Now yeah. talking about <laughs> talking about Elbin. I ended people. up talking to Ryan Tarami. Yeah. Now, what's well, the interesting fact? I know what you're coming up with here. Yeah. Um, go on. You do know Peter Sagan and that was no, epic. No, wait, we haven't finished oh, with Ryan Tarami. Okay, go on. I was just about to say, what's the interesting fact about Ryan Tarami and the national championships this year? It wasn't done in Estonia. He is. The rain, he's just won the individual time trial championships of Estonia and his girlfriend, oh, 20th or, time. girlfriend or even wife, I think, whose name I don't know, his partner, has won the women's inter- oh, individual time right. trial oh, wow. of Estonia. And I think that's a bit that's of a... Cool. That's yeah. very cool. Cool cool fact. Right, yeah. sorry. Go on, what were you going to say? Uh, we were just talking about barging and the fact oh, that people barge. Proper barginess And this sums up so much about today's winner, how he kind of handled that. Yeah. And, and you know... Peter Sagan better than most people mm-hmm. Pete you don't barge Mess Peter Sagan him. yeah the fact that he actually was the one who gave up says it all yeah so the no run in for the sprint yeah. today so the, based off r- that so the run in for the sprint today ended up being a classic Tour de France kind of he who dares wins and survives and yep. just gets through all the chaos. Yep. But the best were still there, apart from one rider, I think. Well, Caleb wasn't. had a string of misfortunes. Yes, didn't he? he did. Caleb yeah. Ewan, when you see the helicopter shot, you can see that he slips a gear, he drops a gear, yes. then he has to sprint back onto the wheel yeah. of Sagan, was it, I think? Uh, he actually was on Jakobsen's wheel there. Jakobsen's wheel, and then yeah. he gets boxed out by a couple of other riders, loses his position again, and then he's out of the frame. So a few things went wrong for Caleb Ewan. As, as they tend to. Yeah. It's, it's mm, interesting. Yeah. He's mm. not a consistent sprinter. He's such mm. a mm. brilliant sprinter, but he's not consistent. Yeah. Um, David, we have one bar of battery left here, and I'm worried that if this stops, then we're going to lose the entire file. So should we stop it and then just the, put the, the new batteries in? No, the, uh, well, I'd also say the podcast is 42 minutes long. Well, well, well should we just finish now then? That's, That's what, what I'm saying. Kind of what I'm saying. I'm, I'm yeah. Oh, yeah, the finish of the race is the finish of the podcast. That's good. We're not Perfect. going. We're still at like... Th- Four billion hours till we get to our two hours still till we get no. to our hotel. Yeah, yeah. It's a shocker. Oh, it's a shocker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So we'll talk about the sprint just briefly. Is that that okay? I'll be very brief. Yeah. Jakobsen did the most incredible sprint. It was extra- the it explosivity was he had in the last fifty meters. Overcome Wout van Aert, and Wout van Aert once again got rolled, and he looked genuinely surprised in the finish line. It was line. A, almost like the Godou moment at yeah. the um, Dauphiné. Wasn't yeah. it? What? It, Hang on, what? It reminded yeah. me of a sprint where I beat Swifty in the nationals, actually in 2014. Fifty meters to go, came out from the wheel, picked him on the line, downhill sprint. Abergavenny, you know that well. David. I know that. I won that downhill as well. sprint, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it was nothing like that, but... But, yeah. Yeah. Well right. done, Fabio Jacobson. Should we wrap it up? Great win. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Well, moment of the podcast was Killing Eve by Peter Kenyuk.